Long History, a journal of the first voyage of Vasco da Gama. Part 13. Greatly rejoicing at our good fortune, prisoners, trade and the voyage home. Hello everyone and welcome to Long History. Here we're looking at a journal of the first voyage of Vasco da Gama, one of the many documents we've covered here on Long History. If you're looking in particular for documents about the age of exploration, feel free to explore. We've covered Magellan, Columbus and many others. But in this episode we're focusing on Vasco da Gama, who, as the previous episode ended, was having something of a disagreement. He'd arrived finally in India, but the local king wasn't very welcoming. He'd taken a man called Diogo Diaz as hostage, and in return, Vasco da Gama took some hostages himself. Towards the end of the last episode, da Gama announced that he was going to set off back for Portugal, but he didn't actually make it very far due, I think, to bad weather more than anything. So he's still in the area of Calicut, and the king is still holding this Diogo Diaz as a hostage. So here we go with the journal of the first voyage of Vasco da Gama, part 13, greatly rejoicing at our good fortune, prisoners, trade and the voyage home. The king sends for Diogo Diaz. When the king heard that we had sailed for Portugal, and that he was thus no longer able to carry his point, he thought of undoing the evil he had done. He sent for Diogo Diaz, whom he received with marked kindness, and not in the way he did when he was the bearer of Vasco's present. He asked why the captain had carried off these men. Diogo Diaz said it was because the king would not allow him and his to return to the ships and detain them as prisoners in the city. The king said he had done well. He then asked whether his factor had asked for anything, giving us to understand that he was ignorant of the matter, and that the factor alone was responsible for this extortion. Turning to his factor, he asked whether he was unaware that quite recently he had killed another factor because he had levied tribute upon some merchants that had come to this country. The king then said, Go you back to the ships, you and the others who are with you. Tell the captain to send me back the men he took. That the pillar, which I understood him to say he desires to be erected on the land, shall be taken away by those who bring you back and put up. And, moreover, that you will remain here with the merchandise. At the same time, he forwarded a letter to the captain, which had been written for him by Diogo Diaz with an iron pen upon a palm leaf, as is the custom of the country, and which was intended for the King of Portugal. The tenor of this letter was as follows. Vasco da Gama, a gentleman of your household, came to my country, whereat I was pleased. My country is rich in cinnamon, cloves, ginger, pepper and precious stones. That which I ask of you in exchange is gold, silver, corals and scarlet cloth. Off Calicut, August the 27th to the 30th. On Monday the 27th of this month, in the morning, whilst we were at anchor, seven boats with many people in them brought Diogo Diaz and the other Portuguese who were with him. Not daring to put him on board, they placed him in the captain's longboat, which was still attached to the stern. They had not brought the merchandise, for they believed that Diogo Diaz would return with them. But, once the captain had them back on board, he would not allow them to return to the land. 
The pillar he gave to those in the boat, as the king had given orders for it to be set up. He also gave up in exchange the six most distinguished among his prisoners, keeping six others, whom he promised to surrender if on the morrow the merchandise were restored to him. On Tuesday in the morning, whilst a tanker, a moor of Tunis, who spoke our language, took refuge on board one of our ships, saying that all he had had been taken from him, that worst might happen, and that this was his usual luck. The people of the country, he said, charged him with being a Christian who had come to Calicut by order of the King of Portugal. For this reason he preferred going away with us rather than remain in a country where any day he might be killed. At ten o'clock, seven boats with many people in them approached us. Three of them carried on their benches the striped cloth which we had left on land, and we were given to understand that this was all the merchandise which belonged to us. These three came to within a certain distance of the ships, whilst the other four kept away. We were told that if we sent them their men in one of our boats, they would give our merchandise in exchange for them. However, we saw through their cunning, and the captain major told them to go away, saying that he cared naught for the merchandise, but wanted to take these men to Portugal. He warned them at the same time to be careful, as he hoped shortly to be back in Calicut, when they would know whether we were thieves, as had been told them by the Moors. On Wednesday the 29th, the captain major and the other captains agreed that, Inasmuch as we had discovered the country we had come in search of, as also spices and precious stones, and it appeared impossible to establish cordial relations with the people, it would be as well to take our departure. And it was resolved that we should take with us the men whom we detained, as, on our return to Calicut, they might be useful to us in establishing friendly relations. We therefore set sail and left for Portugal, greatly rejoicing at our good fortune in having made so great a discovery. On Thursday, at noon, being becalmed about a league below Calicut, about seventy boats approached us. They were crowded with people wearing a kind of cuirass made of red cloth, folded. Their weapons for the body, the arms and the head were these. When these boats came within the range of our bombards, the Captain Major ordered us to fire upon them. They followed us for about an hour and a half, when there arose a thunderstorm which carried us out to sea, and when they saw they could no longer do us harm, they turned back, whilst we pursued our route. Calicut and its Commerce From this country of Calicut, or Alta India, come the spices which are consumed in the east and the west, in Portugal, as in all other countries of the world, as also precious stones of every description. The following spices are to be found in this city of Calicut, being its own produce. Much ginger and pepper and cinnamon, although the last is not of so fine a quality as that brought from an island called Ceylon, which is eight days' journey from Calicut. Calicut is the staple for all this cinnamon. Cloves are brought to this city from an island called Malacca. The Mecca vessels carry these spices from there to a city in Mecca called Judea, and from the said island to Judea is a voyage of fifty days sailing before the wind, for the vessels of this country cannot tack. 
At Judea they discharged their cargoes, paying customs duties to the Grand Sultan. The merchandise is then transshipped to smaller vessels, which carry it through the Red Sea, to a place close to Santa Catarina of Mount Sinai, called Tuz, where customs dues are paid once more. From that place the merchants carry the spices on the back of camels, which they hire at the rate of four cruzados each, to Cairo, a journey occupying ten days. At Cairo, duties are paid again. On this road to Cairo, they are frequently robbed by thieves who live in that country, such as the Bedouins and others. At Cairo, the spices are embarked on the River Nile, which rises in Prester John's country in Lower India, and, descending that river for two days, they reach a place called Roxette, where duties have to be paid once more. There they are placed on camels, and are conveyed, in one day, to a city called Alexandria, which is a seaport. This city is visited by the galleys of Venice and Genoa in search of these spices, which yield the Grand Sultan a revenue of 600,000 cruzados in customs duties, out of which he pays to a king called Sidadim an annual subsidy of 100,000 cruzados for making war upon Prestigeon. The title of Grand Sultan is bought for money, and does not pass from father to son. The Voyage Home I now again speak of our voyage home. Going thus along the coast we kept tacking, with the aid of the land and sea breezes, for the wind was feeble. When becalmed in the day we lay too. On Monday, September the 10th, the Captain Major landed one of the men whom we had taken, and whom had lost an eye with a letter to the Samolin written in Moorish by one of the Moors who came with us. The country where we landed this Moor was called Compia, and its king, Biacolie, was at war with the king of Calicut. On the following day, whilst becalmed, boats approached the ships, and the boatmen, who offered fish for sale, came on board without exhibiting any fear. Santa Maria Islands on Saturday, the 15th of said month, we found ourselves near some islets about two leagues from the land. We there launched a boat and put up a pillar on one of these islets, which we called Santa Maria, the king having ordered three pillars to be named San Rafael, São Gabriel and Santa Maria. We had thus succeeded in erecting these three silicet, the first, that of São Rafael, on the Rio dos Bons Signais, the second, that of São Gabriel, at Calicut, and this, the last, named Santa Maria. Here again many boats came to us with fish, and the captain made the boatmen happy by presenting them with shirts. He asked them whether they would be glad if he placed a pillar upon the island. They said they would be very glad indeed, for its erection would confirm the fact that we were Christians like themselves. The pillar was consequently erected in much amity. There have been three parts to this episode. The first section described the fate of the Portuguese prisoners, who all seem to have been rescued, including that Diogo Dias, and the fate of the hostages on Gama's ship, some of whom aren't sent back to Calicut. Then there's a brief section about how commerce works in the area. And finally, we'll hear about the beginning of the voyage home. We'll hear more about Vasco da Gama's return to Portugal in the next episode. 
Thanks once again for listening, everyone. I hope you've enjoyed this latest episode of Long History. Please, before you move on, if you can give it a like to promote it in any way you can, that would really be appreciated. Don't forget to explore our previous series. And there's only two episodes left of this series, so don't forget to subscribe to be informed of when those episodes are released. Thanks again for listening, everyone, and goodbye.